the Totes Faves, where we compile the ultimate list of everything in the known universe. Tonight, in the 101 Dalmatian-filled Battle Dome, we have four unfortunate souls. He's especially good at expectorating. It's Brian Fuss. Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? Why, it's Zara Finley Sherris. I told him all along, Indians wouldn't betray Peter Pan. It's Deepu Murti. Idiots, there will be a king. I will be king. I'm Brandon Werner. In this episode, we are battling Disney villains. But first, let's get to know our special guest, Brian Foss. Brian. How does your fairy tale begin? Once upon a time. Once upon a time, um, a boy was born out of a peach, and he was the pit in Georgia. And then he grew into a full-sized pit man. uh, And that's how my story begins. Wow. That's a beautiful folk tale. I felt like I needed to make it some sort of. Um, I was. I thought magical. the pit was going to be planted and grow into oh. a beautiful tree. Thank you for saying I was beautiful. He's very tall. You can't see this at home, but he's very tall. I'm six foot one and a half, but around most men, I have to say six two because they are insecure. That's oh, true. And lying, probably. Mm-hmm. Most guys round up. Yeah. Yes. About everything. <laughs> So before we enter the Toad's Face Battle Dome, let's lock in our criteria. Fellow contestants, what is a Disney villain? So we talked about this a little bit in that we're counting all Disney movies, but not... What was what was not did not make the cutoff? It was not animated, Marvel. not Marvel. So Star Wars. Not Star Wars. So, so not Disney not properties. tied into a, a universe, because the Disney villains sort of exist in their own sort of universe now in marketing and merchandising, and they've started to include some live-action villains. So we are including an, both animated and live-action. Yes, because Disney itself has started to include both live-action, and they're turning a lot of their animated movies into live-action, so a lot of those animated villains are now becoming f- flesh-and-blood actors as well. Oh, and unfortunately, we're not including any of the Disney TV shows which is my real area of expertise with Hannah Montana and That's So Raven. And but don't forget The, the Sweet of- Life. I've caught you many times watching <laughs> The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. So we might have to save that for another day. We're not talking about our totes fave Zach and Cody's. No. Uh, we're talking about... So it's basically things that would have, things that would have the Disney castle in front of it, mm-hmm. but not another studio. So Pixar counts. Pixar does count. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so Pixar does count. Animated, live action, Disney films that are not in their own separate universe. Welcome to the Toads, Faves, Battle Dome. This week's battle, Disney villains. Our contestants and their Toads, Faves, Disney villains are... Brian, Jafar from Aladdin, The Beast from Beauty and the Beast, Rabies from Old Yeller, Scar from... The Lion King. Zara. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Madame Mim from The Sword in the Stone. Princess Mombi from Return to Oz. Deepu. Scar from The Lion King. Jafar from Aladdin. Adolescence from Toy Story. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Brandon. The Sanderson Sisters from Hocus Pocus. Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Lotso Huggin' Bear from 
Toy Story 3, Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Favotron matchups complete. Round one, Jafar versus Judge Doom. So we had two people who, two people who proposed Judge Doom, two people who proposed Jafar. So this is Team Brian Deepu versus Team <laughs> Brooklyn Heights. And I don't even know who Judge Doom is, so let's start there. Mm. How do, have you seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, but like I was Who like, very like young. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh yes, Christopher and wait, Lloyd, yeah. I have to tell one fun fact with this because this amazed me that Tim Curry was originally considered for the role, and then they decided he was too scary. <laughs> yes, he was too scary. So then they offered it to Christopher Lee, which so, is even scarier. But Tim Curry was red. In the audition, scarier than Christopher wow. Lee. So imagine what that would have been like. So the twist, and spoiler alert, <laughs> Judge Doom, we think he's a good guy the whole time. He works for the system. Or like a police officer, or judge. Yes, yeah. he's a judge. He's the sheriff in town, or a judge. And then he, um, we find out at the end that he's actually a self-hating tune. Right? Yes, he is the tune that killed Eddie's brother. In the movie, he is a made-up tune that they created for the movie. But in the original script, they were go- he was going to be the man who kills Bambi's mother. Oh, he's going to be the yeah. hunter? Yeah. Who's so- only known in the script as man. man. So wow. when he took off his mask, he was going to be man from Bambi. Wow, they- that is like a Disney- double Disney villain. <laughs> A yeah. double down. A double down <laughs> villain. You're arguing for the wrong team, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want everyone to know the context of who Judge Doom is, yeah. right? So it's Doesn't fair. Doesn't he melt at the end? He yeah, does. Yeah, I think many people don't know him as Judge Doom. They, Doom, they know him as either the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> or mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he had like an eyeball thing going on, right? Yeah, like, once it's revealed. Yeah. Pop-pop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jafar, to me, I wanted to be when I was little. Like, <laughs> That's I so telling. If, no. <laughs> so telling. Spoiler alert, Brian was a villain in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is earlier. This is, I, I think I, I didn't know why I related to Jafar. Probably because he seemed, um, he seemed, you know, flamboyant and powerful. Uh, <laughs> but I... I I love Jafar. I wanted to be him. I thought his goatee was cool. I don't know. I think Jafar was the first villain that I was like, he's kind of having fun being the villain. Really, you don't really get into his origin to why he's evil. He's just evil. He just mm-hmm. wants to be Sultan. Yeah. It's a yeah. pretty straightforward evil of like, I will do anything to be Sultan. Yeah, even have a beard that is Jad Princess Jasmine. <laughs> That's right. He forces the marriage? Is yeah. He marry and yeah. he hypnotizes the sultan. You will marry me to Jasmine. And to be right. fair, in like South Asian and Middle Eastern cultures, that's sort of how it works. <laughs> I mean, like that, that, I mean, there's a lot of reasons he's a villain, but it's not because he, he has not because marriage. Right. With a snake scepter. That's a reason he's a villain. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> also, when he's given the chance to uh, grab absolute power, he he asks for the wish of, right, to be a genie himself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty... Badass. And then in Aladdin 2, he the return of Jafar, he's mm-hmm. still a, a genie. He's still a genie. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Like, he's, he's certainly the most powerful villain out of these two. Yeah, but I think yeah. my argument from a pure terrifying standpoint mm. that uh, as a child, 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit is yeah, so scary. scary at the end. So scary. So scary. And, the and also dip. he kills a tune yeah. when he dips the little shoe, the shoe into in the, the dip. In the dip. It's horrifying. Horrifying. I think Jafar's pansexuality is terrifying <laughs> to most people. <laughs> With his abilities as genie, he could really, you know, shag anyone he wants. Shake things up culturally. Yeah. Whether it's Raja the Tiger, Iago the Parrot, who's, a, I guess, a villain who's redeemed in the movie. He's redeemed. Um, he'll have sex with anything. Jasmine, Aladdin, Apu. And <laughs> he doesn't care. The carpet. <laughs> oh, the carpet's a dog. <laughs> that, for whatever reason, that one feels the weirdest. So I think it's fair that half of being a villain is being pretty terrifying and scary, but like pure raw ambition of power motives. It's got to be the other half of being a villain. And Jafar sort of sweeps out on that one. And Jafar's more memorable as a villain. I mean, he's more interesting but, than yeah, but the hero. Judge Doom, he is mm-hmm. psychotic. He is a toon that just kills for the fun of it. Right? No, because he's self-hating, because he's a toon. Jafar's more, like, self-actualized, you know? <laughs> he's, like, okay with being a villain. He's like, hello, Jasmine. Ooh, do you like my new purple cape? <laughs> My head is the shape of a cylinder. <laughs> I did like how long his face was. Like when he's stroking his beard and his face just gets longer. Also, Christopher Lloyd's face is as equally cylindrical. <laughs> so we're not judging face shapes. I feel yeah. like, and this is maybe going to hurt us, Deepu, I feel like Jafar in today's HBO world would have his own series and he would be like the anti-hero. He would be like the villain you're rooting for. Like you find out that he actually has a family that he's supporting. Sure, sure. (laughs) Wait, now I might be giving up my category of this imagined situation. Judge Doom, I feel, would show up any crime show. He, He would be like the bad guy on an SVU or a CSI. You can make the jinx about Judge Doom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where Jafar's just gay. Yeah. <laughs> He's just lashing out. Yeah, he's lashing out. Gay-ish. Gay-ish. Which makes him a villain in many people's eyes. Let's not just let's not say close-minded that it's just the four of us sitting around this podcast. Right. I was waiting for this conversation this the, to come up. This the is the classic intro. gay villain. The thing that's making me almost ready to swing is that like Jafar. <laughs> I Judge Doom's henchmen I love. I love the weasels. They're they're amazing. But I love Iago. But I love Iago. Iago mm. was one of the first stuffed animals I had from Disney because oh. I loved Iago so I had a puppet. Much. I had a Iago puppet. I thought he was oh. hilarious. <laughs> and it's played by famous comedian Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Who go does on. the voice of Jafar? Is it anyone famous? It is not anybody famous. No. I looked it up to see if they were famous. This is back when Disney hired, like, real character actors and Broadway actors. Their own yeah. talent and merit. Yeah. Oh, for that, today, now I'm giving it to Jafar. Jafar. <laughs> who would play Jafar today? It would be Kevin okay. Spacey. Oh, like, but playing him or voicing him? <laughs> voicing him. That's what I'm saying. It's oh. like they would get someone famous these days. When they make the inevitable live-action Aladdin. Which I think is already Which has probably been growing later. Yeah. Wasn't it on Broadway? It was. It still is. That's weird because I don't think there was um I don't think there was a Who Framed Roger Rabbit on Broadway. 
Okay. I think it would be too scary. Because I was just thinking, you know how they have Disney villains at Disney World now, like people in costume, and Jafar's definitely there, but there is no Judge Doom. He would look like a Nazi. Too scary, he would he does just look, look like, like a Gestapo. Nazi. He's modeled after <laughs> a famous Nazi. <laughs> Actually. Right? Yeah, yeah. In a black leather trench coat. Yeah, he's definitely the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. I, but I guess all of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is just so supposed to be a, a representative of tunes, but not... Disney or Warner Brothers must be all tunes. He feels less like a Disney villain than Jafar does, right? So I think I think Judge yeah. Doom doesn't have a chance in the next round, but Jafar could go all the way. I think you might have a point, and okay. I think we have to award it to J-Jafar. Jafar. Lotso Hugging Bear versus Beast. Ooh, bear fight! What is a bear fight? <laughs> you think of the Beast as a bear since it has horns? Well, he's just like a hairy beast. He's like, a, he's like a bison. A bison, yeah. I was okay, going to say a moose. Bear fight. So this I know is controversial. You know, Gaston is the villain. Try to sell us on why Beast is, sure. is a Gaston is the traditional villain of uh, Beauty and the Beast. But if you really think about it, the Beast holds Belle hostage. He terrorizes her. And for all the townspeople know, like, she is in danger. Gaston really is going to save her, and granted he has ulterior motives, but like the townspeople with their pitchforks, they're ready to kill the beast because they don't understand him, but he is kidnapping Belle. And and the living situation's terrible. It's cold. Yeah, it could the be West a Wing. bit of a Stockholm syndrome thing. Like I get that it resolves in the end, but like you're right. There's a whole lot of terror he that has proceeds. A temper. You know, if you take that one song away where it's like, she looked this way, I thought I saw. And when she touched me, she didn't shudder at my paw. If you like take that moment out, he's just a like. Well, we're not going to take that rapist. moment out. <laughs> the beast is a monster, and if he had sex with Belle, he would tear her apart. <laughs> <laughs> also, when he turns into a man, the whole and I'm like, oh, he's even douchier. So this was my problem with the beast growing up was that by the end I was like, oh, he's so cute. He is like a buffalo man, and then when he turns into a human, I was like, ugh. Long hair, he's so ugly. Yeah. Except for he might have been a villain to Belle, but think how nicely he treated those like teapots and that Mrs. cabinet. Potts. And yeah. he hands. locked them in. He was secretly a good, he was secretly a good guy. Uh, he's, but he took we didn't actually take care of them. They they just no. stayed in the house. If he fell in love earlier, they wouldn't be imprisoned as furniture. Well, if he could fall in love, he could would fall in love. I'm saying he's a monster. Sorry, not because of the way he looks. Because of his bad <laughs> attitude. <laughs> and the and way you described it, you're like, well, he's a villain to Belle. You mean the protagonist? And at the beginning, he's mean to that old woman who's a witch. That's right. If he just were a little hospitable... Yeah, she but, I don't, have but I don't think he's the villain of that story, though. He's the, he's the un- misunderstood... Uh, love interest. He's not. I wouldn't say he's the villain. Bad guy. I think he's he not the right guy for Belle. I think if we saw Beauty and the Beast two, which I know it existed, but I never saw Enchanted it. New Year. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Belle, wow. Belle would have been with a new guy, like a cute Frenchman, and he would be like, uh, "Let's not talk about your 
ex-boyfriend. So Lumiere, she'd be with Lumiere. Yeah, she'd be. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that duster yeah. went away, Belle would be in with Lumiere. <laughs> he loves, oh, yeah. he he loves duster? that duster. No, the feather duster. The feather the duster, the sexy loves, French he lady. Loves, he, he sounds like a bad yeah. boyfriend, you know. So for me to bring in Lotso to this uh, conversation, the other bear. Uh, it's Beast Bear. Let's talk that. He's a buffalo. No, he's a buffalo. Man. He's a buffalo, he's a buffalo man. Say, man. Or a bison. I don't know the difference. I don't, th- I don't know if there is a difference. I think there's two categories of Disney villains. You've got villain to the end, and they usually die, mm-hmm. and then redeemed. Right. Right. And usually classic Disney movies, because they're basically based on the classics of storytelling, you usually have a villain who is redeemed, in, and then they usually die. <laughs> Tragically. Tragically. Saving the protagonist. Like the guy the who gets hanged in the jungle in Tarzan. <laughs> yes. Oh. You just see the you just see the vines pull taut. So if you want to <laughs> argue that Beast is a villain, uh, he is a villain redeemed. Yeah, that's true. Lotso Huggin Bear is the most psychotic, irrational, evil character, I think, in almost any movie ever. He we is, have the stuffed animal here with us, and he seems adorable. Yes, he's and so he smells small. like strawberries. Yeah. To refresh everyone's memory, Lotso Hugging Bear is a 80s stuffed toy. Like a Care Bear. But like popular, yeah, like a Care real. Bear. What? He was based on a real character? No, but he's kind of based on the 80s like like a cabbage patch popular kid, toy. Teddy uh, Ruxpin. Yeah, totally. Like the toy that you would want in the 80s that we would grow up with. And uh, Pixar made an amazing uh, fake commercial, 80s commercial for lots of hugging bears. Oh, cool. And so he, in Toy Story 3, rules the daycare the toys are in. And it's sort of like a... Uh, I always think of it's Toy Story 3 is sort of based on a World War II breakout movie. So is he like the person in the prisoner of war who's like sympathizes with, who becomes like a sympathizer to the oppressors like, or really, the people? Who like kind of like the is in charge, cut? like kind of is in charge. Yeah, he's like the Japanese guard in Unbroken. Yeah. Just keeps beating <laughs> that poor American. Yeah, and if he doesn't like you, he throws you in the pre-K room where the the pre-K children rip you apart limb from limb. And he tries to kill our protagonists in brutal ways multiple times. Doesn't he show up at the junkyard? What happened? Big Baby, his henchman, (laughs) the Big Baby, throws him into the... Garbage, and he ends up at the dump with the protagonists, who then save him after he tries to kill them multiple times That's along right. the way. They save him, and then he tries to kill them again. <laughs> he tries to kill them again. He never stops He's trying to bad. kill them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing, Brian. I I, I see how the beast is the villain, but this is like. Some for real villain. <laughs> yeah. And he has that little um, kind of committee of other uh, other toys that are on his side, and he doesn't like Ken. Definitely anti-gay, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a totalitarian dictator. Usually when something happens to the villain, I feel bad. But the... The punishment for Lots of Hug and Bear is that he's strapped to the front of a oh, dump yeah. truck for eternity. Yes. And everyone in the in the theater that I saw Toy Story 3 in was like, hooray! <laughs> he deserves eternity of hell. Like, people were totally okay with him dying. Yeah, uh, driven by Sid. Dying. Yeah, Driven by Sid, the garbage man. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's right. Wow. The villain in Toy Story I 1. I forgot that. But I think we had all been through so much. But think about, think, think about that. Lotso put the viewer through so much hell and stress. Oh, 
Oh, oh right no. now, Deepu, you can't do it, but we're holding uh, hands. We're coming to terms like, with our own death. Toy Story 3. We're looking at the fire. <laughs> I'm so lonely. Oh, no. I look over at the dog and I think, stop struggling. You can't climb out of this. Yeah. But what we can do is face it together. Face it together. And die together well, so as the, heroes. The viewers had all been through that, and so they were perfectly mm-hmm. fine with lots of hugging bears and right. eternal struggle. Like, well, if there's nothing on the other side of that fire, I want to make sure Lotso isn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real villain. I he's a, he's, he's, he's a, a real villain, but to me, it's like he doesn't hit those Jafar notes of or like Ursula or like classic. But does no, when we're talking villain. But in Lotso this versus Beast, in this mashup, yeah. he doesn't. The Beast. I, I realized this was going to be a tough one to sell the Beast. <laughs> no, you sold it. I just think he got a really unlucky. Battle Dome matchup. (laughs) Lots of of a tough contender. And to be fair, most Pixar movies don't have a clear villain. Like Finding Nemo, there is no villain. Mostly just like the journey. So to have a Pixar movie where the villain is actually a scary stuffed animal, it does it does leave an impact. So what do we think? Lots of lots of. Madam Mim versus the Sanderson sisters. I love Sword in the Stone, and she's the evil witch, but also very silly witch, which is probably why I love her so much. And she um, warts the young before he's King Arthur, tumbles into her cottage, and she sort of starts to sort of trick him and to find out more about Merlin and how he's Merlin's apprentice. And then eventually uh, he challenges Merlin to a wizard's duel where you can't disappear and you can use magic, but you can only just transform into different things and animals and you're not allowed to turn into like a vegetable or a mineral. And there's the most amazing sequence where they're fighting as different animals really quickly. And she's actually only on screen for 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> but I think I just loved her because she was such a good um, villain. And, like, the idea of turning into different animals, I was, like, obsessed with that as a child. So I think it's more of, like, less of an evil villain, more of an awesome villain than I wanted to be. But it's, like, Joan <laughs> Allen territory. Yeah. Like now that she's, like, a stern older woman, she's in 20 minutes of, like, a sci-fi race car movie and they just like cut to her in a control room being like kill them all yeah <laughs> yeah still impactful or like Julianne Moore in Hunger Games like yes. the same kind of or Kate like, Winslet in that in other movie the other movie <laughs> yeah mm. but Zara you're right she is like an adorable villain like if I had to like, like a cute go out villain. for drinks with a villain I would go out with her yeah I don't know if that makes her the best I <laughs> I mean, she was evil. Could kill like the object of the duel is to try to kill your opponent. I know, but mm-hmm. in such a fun way. Though. It was like, a lighthearted really fun, fun way. <laughs> right? She's not like Voldemort. No. When it comes to wizards, <laughs> she's like pretty light. In which versus which? On oh, yeah, which this witch? This is a witch battle. This is a oh, witch, witch witch battle. Wow. Uh, we've got the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cult hit. I think it's safe to say now. Mm-hmm. It, it's did awful in the box office. And now, don't think you can go through Halloween season without watching it at least once. Mm-hmm. We watched it twice on Halloween. Twice in a day, because we discovered a friend who was with us had not seen it before, and so it was important <laughs> For to fix that. To watch them watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's Beth, Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and... Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. It's a powerful trio. Bette Midler got this role from her amazing work in de- one of my favorite films of all time, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Disney had uh, 
originally made this as a Disney Channel movie, and the script worked its way up the ranks as more people read it. This is better than Disney Channel. Got its way into uh, a major motion picture. And Watch the better the, than Disney Channel. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I was waiting. Deepu more loves Disney. I was waiting for uh, someone to be outraged. Yeah, so the Sanderson sisters uh, are three witches who uh, definitely have have had relations with Satan, which is, I think, is safe to say. Their magical powers are tied to their book, it seems. They take the essence of young girls and boys and makes them last forever immortally. Well, that's right. They steal from virgins. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's clear that they uh, could come back. They they died, but they've di- died before. I think we've all seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah, you don't need to describe Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I think we've all seen it it's, many times. Focus on what their powers are. But they're I also they fun. Can... I don't know if they're they're like. Scary. I, I but you're what you just said is so Mim. fun. Everyone's like, oh, Madame Mim's so fun. The Sanderson sisters can uh, get everyone to party supernaturally. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. They're like the same kind of it's fun. It's the computer matched up two sets of like fun, fun witches. witches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a lot of. Let's just talk real quick about some of the female villains in the Disney world. That are truly scary. Like, we've got the Maleficent. Maleficent. Right. The queen from Snow White. Right. There's some oh, really the queen sc- from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, the she's, like, annoying. Hearts. I hated yeah. her. But none of those ended up on our favorite or list. Cruella so, DeVille. I love murders Cru- I love puppies. Cruella. But we picked, like, the witches. But our think- favorites are mm-hmm. the f- more the fun, fun loving ones. ones. The ones we want to get a beer with. I know. Out of these sets, um, I love Bette Midler. Yeah, I mean, I love Hocus Pocus. And I love Kathy Najumi. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zara. Okay, I, I, just, I just think I get it doesn't it. have the tried and true power of the Sword of the Stone. It has, it, yeah, it hasn't lasted the test of time. Round two. Ursula versus Jafar. Oh, no, oh, this is no, coming too, too soon. soon. It's too soon. I'm sorry, this is what happened. So this is the thing with Ursula. I love Ursula. Watching that, I mean, Little Mermaid was like peak, I feel like in all of our times as the Disney movie, even more so than Aladdin, it was like the... It was the first reboot. Reboot, like I'm really into Disney now movie. But we also yeah. were primed in that this was Disney's renaissance. Little Mermaid was the first one off of relaunching their animation department under uh, Katzenberg. They brought in Howard Ashman, which is this amazing writer he who did Little Shop of Horrors. And then got a lyricist and Alan Menken Incredible. to do the music. And and part music. of that was this man so understood how musicals worked that he just created amazing characters. And Ursula is a great, great musical type of villain. She's mm-hmm. a great musical villain based off of the drag performer Divine, uh-huh. which is it was perfect. written for B. Arthur, the yes. voice actor, which is the most <laughs> wonderful. I love Ursula. I think she has depth. She, you feel like you know what she's up to when she's in her house. Where Jafar, he has no backstory. He has no he other he's life. Not yeah, pursuing his political ambitions. Ursula, we know she like puts on her um, lipstick, which squ- which is squid. It's like squishing a little creature, yeah. and then it's lipstick. And then for me as a child, when you're, I feel like. I don't know if this is a girl thing, but when you're fascinated with watching people put on makeup, that scene was just like the most visceral, like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, also, I think another key part of Ursula is when she uh, 
turns into she is so evil. When she turns into Vanessa, when she turns into <laughs> Vanessa as a young right. ch- as a young boy is very confusing. But how about the scene as, as a young boy? Because she is so attractive as Vanessa, and then when she looks in the mirror and it's Ursula, it's so it's your brain goes in all different what directions. Oh, Burnett could but, be secretly but it's an also, octopus lady. Yeah, it's also so dis- it's so disturbing what she does to people, where she shrinks them into the little husks, little like shrimp, shrimp yeah. husks. Mm-hmm. And she steals not only Ariel's voice, but her and her voice actress, but her her <laughs> her look, her boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. she takes over her life. It is so creepy. As a young boy, how did you feel about the scene? That even as a young girl, I was like, "Whoa, this is like crazy." <laughs> the part in Poor Unfortunate Souls where she goes body language and she shakes her boobs. <laughs> it's camera. very confusing. I it's remember very confusing. as a child being like, this is so rude. This is like, oh my God. Yeah, that whole sequence. British I was, my British upbringing <laughs> was like, oh, I have to go with my tea and, and crumpets. I, and I know it has been adapted for stage. Uh, it, was, it was on Broadway, but that is a showstopper, poor unfortunate Oh, it's souls. amazing. It, it mm-hmm. ends on a perfect it's high like note. a drag queen number. Yeah, yeah, she is a drag queen. She is a drag mm-hmm. queen. She's like a hyper female mm-hmm. archetype. Jafar, I feel, doesn't have real power until he becomes a genie. And he's it, literally He's conniving, yeah. He's literally two-dimensional. If he turned to the side, he would disappear because of the way he's drawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ursula's <laughs> like body and big. He's like Kevin Spacey character. He, his power is, uh, you know, working the system. Also, in earlier drafts, this, I was, we probably all, I think we all voted for Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that in earlier drafts that she was intended to be King Triton's sister, so it creates this like even mm-hmm. more interesting dynamic of like, like a the mean aunt. aunt. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're all going for Ursula. Yeah. Babies versus adolescence. Um. So I picked adolescence in Toy Story because, like Brian, I think it's one of these like latent villains that you don't really think about. But most of the premise of Toy Story One and Toy Story Two is this like total fear of abandonment. Because, like, people's owners are going to become old enough that they just don't give a shit anymore. And then I really thought about it. And this this not giving a shit anymore just means you're stuck in a box for the rest of your life with nobody attending to you. And I think as four podcasters that are doing a podcast, I think there's a sense that we can understand when nobody pays attention to you. That's a really <laughs> villainous fate. <laughs> you know, like... like it's when not what anybody loved me. No, <laughs> no. 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 but I, I think a, a lot of Disney movies have the theme of uh, uh, growing up, and this is like the time when you have to mm-hmm. grow up. All, a lot, all the heroines, all the princesses, it, their struggle is the villain is getting in the way of their other struggle, which is coming to terms with themselves. Right, so it's not just Toy Story. I think that's a but in Toy Story, it's like their driving fear, right? Like, that's their struggle they overcome and come out of the other yeah. end. Like, in Toy Story, if adolescence won, they would just literally decay in a box. And it's not there. Like, in other movies, it would be the main character's adolescence. And this is someone else off-screen's adolescence yes. is going to destroy a, them. a meta-villain. Yeah. And also, I will say, just to argue uh, with you, Deepu, um, that's what friends do is argue with each yeah. other. Um, that it's redeemed in Toy Story 3, this villain of adolescence, when you see that the boy going off to college is able to give the toy 
to another child. Adolescence may be the villain, but there will always be more children. Or just like constant cycles of worry though, right? Yeah, and I think like, sure, getting older is a worry, but I think they they finally in the end the the epilogue of Toy Story three they answer this question this ang- anxious question which is that like pass the toys on yeah. there's someone else who isn't grown up yet so but this is really difficult because on my list of fears from a previous episode rabies was like number six on the list and was just mm. short of the cut so mm. let's let's hear the rabies so old yeller is a disney original live action film from the 50s and it's based on a, a book um it takes place in the 1800s where this farm family uh takes in a dog it's kind of a, a lost wild dog old yeller and he's like a yellow-haired kind of labrador type mutt and i grew up with golden retrievers and i love this movie and it really surprises you when the wolf shows up and gives Old Yeller rabies. And they think Old Yeller, they think <laughs> he fights the rabies. But it was a silent killer, and the next day, Old Yeller becomes the villain. The rabies takes him over, and he and becomes he Cujo. He tries to bite the boy, and the boy has has to kill him. the The boy shoots his own best friend, and <laughs> so Old Yeller, Rabies version Old Yeller, is the villain. So okay. this movie I actually have never seen because it upset my mom so much <laughs> as a child. Oh, she was prime age for this. She was prime age, and she we was weren't like, allowed to watch Old Yeller. She was like, "No, either, we're not, no, no, she never no. rented it." This villain is so us, strong yeah. that it was contraband in more than one household. Yeah, because yeah, they had Yeller it in a video store, and she was like, "No, you won't want to watch that." What did the doctors, Murdy, think of Old Yeller? Uh, we didn't watch you white folk films. <laughs> we we only watched the Jungle Book on repeat. <laughs> and Aladdin. <laughs> and then hated Aladdin. Yeah, and then hated Aladdin. I hated Aladdin. And then went back to the Jungle Book. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brian, I, you did, you, that's a phenomenal sell. It's <laughs> killing your own dog as a dog lover myself. And mm. yeah. That's Seeing a really dog is. turn on you is one of the deepest fears I think that humans have because man best friend is dogs <laughs> is dogs is dogs and I, I don't know it's really scary to hear you know old yeller barking and, and you know what has to happen so I feel like Deepu's adolescence is more of the universal but old yeller is the more like poignant but I don't know if that or like mm. a deeper sadness and villain more, yeah, <laughs> isn't the wolf yeah. the bad guy the wolf is considered a villain, yes. The wolf, but it bring the wolf brings the rabies in. And the wolf, the wolf's just the henchman of the rabies. Yeah, yeah he's like the Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I got swung. I think my vote might be for adorable dogs that turn bad. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with rabies. Princess Mombi versus Lotso Huggin' Bear. Because this one I put in knowing that number one. Wow. Because she is so, so scary and the biggest villain for me growing up. And as the way, like, compared to Ursula, Ursula is like a badass. Like, she's Mm -hmm. a villainess. She's amazing, powerful. I would almost want to be here. Same with, like, Jafar. They're, like, Mm -hmm. cool bad guys. This is just a pure, evil, scary bad guy. And this whole movie, I saw at a very young age. I think it came out 
Excuse me one moment. It's it came out in 1985. It's sort of an unofficial sequel. It It is one of the later books, based on one of the later books of Wizard mm. of Oz. Um, Fruza Bulk plays Dorothy when she was just Ooh, nine years terrifying. old, who's in herself very scary. She's this is the thing. There's many levels of terrifying things that in this movie. That movie is the villain of my uh Childhood. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Totes Faves villain of anyone's childhood. And so there's many scary things. They're like. I'm scared hearing you talk about Yeah. Her. So, Is like, before you even get to her, there, there are like, um, there's the Gnome King. And so there's like the Gnome King and Messenger, which is stop motion animation, like claymation rocks with evil, scary faces. There are people called the Wheelers who have wheels on f- like two hands and two legs and wheel around. And mm. then. They have to get through all that, and then they finally meet a woman who appears to be a nice sort of queen, invites them in, this sort of band of misfits who've gone on their way to try to find, um, oh God, what's her name? Princess. Who's like the main? Ozma. They're trying to find like Princess Ozma. And they go to Princess Mavi's house. She seems like a nice lady playing a mandolin. And it turns out that she's an evil witch who. Well, she's the wicked witch of the North. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you for reminding. I don't know the details. You never read the books? No. Oh, okay. Hmm. I just saw the movie and got very scared. I've read read all the books. The Kunis version. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because Return to Oz is not based on the movie. No. Because of rights issues, it is based upon the books. Like the ruby slippers look differently because they because of rights. Well, because in the books they're not ruby slippers. They are crystal slippers. Crystal slippers. A scene that I suggest you should all go home and watch if you haven't seen it. There's a point where they're trapped in Mombi's castle and the only way to get out is for Dorothy to steal a potion that's kept in Mombi's secret room Mm. and they go to it and it is a room lined with heads, women's heads on posts. I remember this. Yeah, so you just have like a, yes, a reaction. Most people have a mental block Everybody around that movie. has seen this movie and been terrified. And <laughs> and the only so way to- out would be to fall in love with him. Oh, wait, no, that's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> and so she has to go through this wall of heads, which is scary, and then the potion's kept in a cabinet with one head, and then she reaches in, grabs the potion, and then the head wakes up and is like, Mommy, it's Dorothy, and all the heads wake up and start <laughs> yes. screaming, and it's that the scary. scariest thing in the world. And also then you see her without her head, and it's a big Mommy reveal. Mommy takes her head off. Yeah, to go to, go to, to bed, yeah. Yeah. Which we all do in a way. In a way. Yeah. Lenses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will argue for Lotso Hugging Bear. Lotso Hugging Bear does a lot with very little because obviously uh, Princess Mombi has a lot of power going on and Lotso Hugging Bear would lock you in a room and not feed you f- until you died. That's well, the kind of thing Dorothy he would in a do. castle and they couldn't leave. You guys have a stuffed animal of lots of hugging bear and you sleep with it? <laughs> it's not slept with. It's not in a bed. <laughs> it's and on I, the couch. <laughs> would you have Princess Mombi's head? No. It's too scary. It's too scary. I can barely talk about it. Princess Mombi might be I, too I don't know. Like I, I can barely talk about it. It's so scary to she's me. She's the Freddy Krueger of the <laughs> yeah, Disney world. It's true. It's true. <laughs> So I'm just going to say, maybe I'll just say Lotso, you have Lotso, because I want her to go away, and I'm sorry I suggested her. Like, I think that's the thing with Lotso's great, is that his character creates amazing plot points and amazing moments. The Wicked Witch of the North and Return to Oz just creates 
a terrifying sequence and not necessarily amazing plotting. That's true. It's more of the visuals. It's not her that's scary. Scar versus the Sanderson sisters. (laughs) I mean, this is not a... (laughs) This is like... This is like not even a I love Hocus Pocus, but bye-bye, no. Scar is so Scar. I'm going to save my arguments for later rounds because this is just a done deal. This is a done deal, and I just want to say that I almost, in my list, put Shere Khan, and then I was like, well, Shere Khan's no Scar. Like, Shere Khan is awesome, but it's like... Shere Khan? the tiger from Jungle Book, who's basically like a 1960s version of Scar. Yeah, Scar is an evil lion who killed his own brother. Yeah. And yeah. tried to okay. kill all right, his all right. nephew. And the yeah. Sanderson sisters are just... Are just some witches. Some witches. They yeah. threw a party in a town in Connecticut. <laughs> some dumb witches. <laughs> um, Salem, Massachusetts. Round three. Ursula versus Rabies. Does Rabies have a chance? She's the queen bee. <laughs> <laughs> Lotso hugging bear versus Scar. I'm sorry, Brandon. Well, we didn't even get into the 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 why Scar is awesome. Will Will you please uh, get in? We'll get uh, into Scar plenty, I'm sure, because uh, there's nothing I could say to uh, to swing people off of Scar. Uh, He's Jeremy Irons. I know, uh, and. Uh, Lotso is Ned Beatty, who no one seems to know but me, although he is an amazing actor. Uncle Scar, want to play? Stick with me and you'll never go hungry again. Uh, So this, I I think I just backed into (laughs) I'm Scar. Meow, meow, meow. I'm Scar. Meow. When he sticks the claws Uh, into Mufasa's hands, so that he can't hold on to the cliff. And what does he say to him? Hashtag um, villain. Hashtag villain. <laughs> That's what he said to him. He said, bye. Why are all strong Disney villains like... Old okay. queens? <laughs> yeah, Scar doesn't have I don't a think, lioness, right? Well, this is the actually, there's a very sort of weird threatening part where he's like basically taking over the pride mm-hmm. and he's and he there's a hint of like Sarabi you're you're gonna be the next queen with me kind of thing. Right. Platonic. Yeah. <laughs> Platonically. <Your> platonic <laughs> best friend. Because probably like the Re- co-regent. One of the hyenas was probably his boyfriend. <laughs> right? Whoopi Goldberg. Not Whoopi. <laughs> Bonsai. <laughs> Ed just Ed. Final round. Ursula versus Scar. We knew it was uh, come to this. We knew from the beginning. Like, even, when I, even when I was making my list, that I didn't even have Scar on my list, but I knew it would come to this. <laughs> I mean, my favorite out of those two? Jeez, that is hard. Like, I know who would win in a fight. Who Ur- would win in Ursula. a fight? Like, I'm not even sure I know. Ursula. Ursula. She would drown him. Oh, also, she has land? lightning she magic. She would turn into Vanessa, then she still has power. Vanessa versus a lion. <laughs> Maybe Ursula would be like, uh, check No, me. but she still has her powers while she's Vanessa. That's Wait, true. she's going to take away Scar's voice? Uh-oh. Is it, is it too psychoanalytic that Ursula was killed by being penetrated by Eric's mast? <laughs> 
tangent. Just a tangent. So Just something for you to think about. As a guest. <laughs> That was so oh, wow. Did Scar die? I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, Scar yeah. dies. Simba kills Scar. He's flung oh. off the cliff. But he because he, he pounces, he turns his back. So it is the moment of it. redemption where he's like, mm. "I'm not going to kill you." But that's then he right. goes and still pounces on him, and then Simba sort of kicks him off the cliff. So you don't actually see him dead. Do you see him? Unlike Mufasa, Mufasa, who you see very dead. Well, actually, mm. side note: you can delete this from the broadcast. <laughs> but Deepu likes to send me. A gif of young Simba crying next to the body of Mufasa from time to time. It's just how I feel most of the time. (laughs) I get that Ursula would win in a battle, and I get that she's like a good time Sally at the Tommy Bowl on Thursday night. Oh my God, this is getting a little sexy. Scar is like a villain. He's got the like, here's what I like about Scar. So as a woman, you can't be a villain? physical prowess at all, right? He's not this like huge, intimidating, Mm. magical beast. He's just like a manipulating, Monster that just takes advantage of people at their weakest sure, and destroys them. And he's still able to kill people and, and get his way. And be patient and wait for the yeah. right moment. So there's something really villainous about like the forethought and like the uh, sort of like intellectual villain that's in Scar. Scar that- is like Magneto. Totally. Like you yeah. could join his team. Also gay. Sure. <laughs> but I would say Ursula, when it comes to villains, is more like... Um, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I was going to say like the Joker. Like well, fun, no, I, yeah. a little crazy and like gets into trouble and has funny makeup. What if we replace the villain. word villain with like sinister, right? Then like Scar would blow Ursula out of the water, right? What is it that Ursula wants? Why she, wants she just destroy society? Yeah, like society. She, there's King no. She's like the Joker. Little, yeah, she's yeah. the Joker. She wants chaos. King Triton's got all of his Pretty Little Mermaids lined up, <laughs> and his perfect, you know, penis castles. <laughs> his penis and castle. I forgot about that. She's off to the side, not getting any credit for being like big and beautiful. And so she just wants to like throw a, you know, poop bomb into the whole thing. Where Scar is, it's more psychological. He's a wounded, flawed human. I mean, he's the younger jealous. brother. Yeah, jealous. He's the Loki. He's the Loki. Loki yes. to the I Thor. love Loki. It's a great. It's, it's a, a great, great motivation because we've all felt that. Where Ursula, it's like, I don't know if I've ever felt the way she feels. You've never felt that fabulous? Yeah. I don't think it's true. I mean, Brian, that's not true. Let's really break it down here. So we're we're talking our favorite villain, not necessarily the one that would win in a knife fight. Who do we feel highest about? And the Academy Award for Best Villain goes to... Oh, Ursula. Scar. It was Scar. Oh, God, the worst favorite. That's so we tied? If it was best villain, Scar, but favorite villain is sort of like Ursula. I'm having a hard time because Lion King is my number one favorite Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't have Scar on my list at all. Wow. I think that there are better pieces of the Lion King that make that movie a great movie. I think a major defining piece of The Little Mermaid is Ursula. Gar's not even on the, the clamshell case. Oh, you're right. It's just that that opening shot in with the Baby Little Mermaid clamshell case. Ursula is a huge part. Yeah. What's a well, clamshell case? They tried to crop around. Did you not have the clamshell cases? He, actually, you might not have. 
Did you have the Disney videos with the big chunky cases? Oh yeah, Jungle Book. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. It's true. Ursula is more crucial to the story. She drives the plot. That said, Scar sends (laughs) sends Simba into exile. Oh God, I don't know what to do. This (laughs) is really. I mean, Wait, I but Scar. this means this means Ursula's number two. Yeah, she's no, she's nobody's number two. Number two. Are you she's no me? one's number two. Wait, she's <laughs> really? Ursula is second billing in The Little Mermaid. Yeah, Ariel's like, the better. main character. Ursula's number two. Then it's like maybe Flounder. No, or Flounder. Flounder. All of the characters stink, and that's why the Broadway musical's not working. <laughs> I heard the seagull has more than one solo. <laughs> <laughs> With the Lion King, Scar isn't number two. He's such a great no. villain. And He's I think he would have the best supporting actor totally. Oscar yeah. if that were a thing for cartoons, um, for cartoon characters. <laughs> but you've got Timon and Pumbaa. You've got uh, Nala. You've got Nala's a bunch of, not on the list. No. Like Rafiki. Rafiki I'm saying all these people are above yes. Scar. And Rowan Atkinson the bird. In the uh, cast. Zazu. Yeah, you've Rowan got Atkinson the bird. <laughs> and Mufasa. I think Mufasa's Mufasa is really big. That was you my can't... impression of a hyena when you said Mufasa. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> like Mufasa's a bigger character than Scar. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think put Scar in four minutes of that movie. Well, he has right. a song. Ursula's a better <laughs> villain. She's my favorite. Yeah. I love her. I've always loved her. She yeah. wasn't on my list. Scar was my number one, and I'm I'm throwing. See, her I was doing the list. opposite. What's a better number? What's Scar? a better number? Be prepared or poor unfortunate souls. What's poor the, unfortunate oh, souls poor is a better number. Poor unfortunate souls is a better number. She sells it. But we're turning, they keep turning the competition into like other competitions. <laughs> which, is our which is our favorite. Ursula. 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 All right, Ursula. Totes faves, Disney villains. Number five, Jafar from Aladdin. Number four, Rabies from Old Yeller. Number three, Lotso from Toy Story 3. Number two, Scar from The Lion King. Number one, Ursula from The Little Mermaid. So now that we've survived that, let's find out what everyone is obsessed with right now. It's our fave of the week. Deepu, what is your fave of the week? My fave of the week is a horror movie I watched this Halloween called Unfriended. Um, and it all takes place on somebody's IMAX screen, which is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> um, but it's perfect. There's some Skype. There's some chat roulette. There's some murder. It's um, it's a good it's a good watch. I suggest you get it on your video on demand. Um, and be careful when you use Facebook. If you watch Ooh. it on your computer, does that make it scarier? You might have like an exten- existential breakdown. Cyberbullying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's it starts off with cyberbullying mixed yeah. with poop mixed with haunting. Like it's it's got it mm. all in, and it surprisingly has like a really high score on Rotten Tomatoes for a horror movie, which is above fifty. It's sort of like found footage style, right? Uh, no, no, it's no very cameras? much like oh, I'm talking to all of my friends on Skype, and now people are getting murdered in the background. Oh, but like it all like really in a dumb way takes place only on a computer screen. Oh my god, Deepu, look behind you. No, no! So that, my, no, my Skype would have to show up. And, oh, I am on Skype. Yeah, I can look behind me now. <laughs> Deepu, it's not a joke. My favorite of the week is 
uh, Hulu Plus Plus. I upgraded to like the $12 Hulu Plus. Ad free. We have ad free as well. Ad free. They need to come up with a better name for it, but I'm calling it Hulu Plus Plus. Uh, It's changed my life and um, I'm watching like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm watching that, uh, that Hulu series Casual and it's so fun. And one of the weirdest parts about it is that when you watch network TV without commercials, they all have these like crazy cliffhangers and then it without the ads it immediately resolves (laughs) so it's becoming like a game for myself where it's like oh my god josh what are you doing here pause oh i'm here to pick up my groceries it's like immediately resolved (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i'm just really enjoying that it's changed my life so my fave of the week is a podcast that i recently got into called you must remember this by Karina Longworth, which is part of the Panopoly umbrella of podcasts. And it's basically like a look at old Hollywood stories. And she, there's a different story every week and there are multiple parts. And so the one I'm reading now is all about reading. I'm saying reading because it feels like you're having a beautiful book read to you. <laughs> and I'm doing the old Hollywood. It's all about old MGM. And I think she has a multi-part series on Charles Manson. And so it's all old, late 19th century, early 20th century Hollywood-based tales and are excellent. And it's so, so good. And I just keep listening to them for hours. Uh, so mine also is a podcast, that I've been, which I've been listening to for a long time. And I, I, I love it. And it's called No Such Thing as a Fish. And it is from the writers of the uh, English panel show QI. And it's sort of a roundtable where they talk about the different crazy facts that, that they've been researching for the show. For, QI is a English panel show that's all crazy science and history and uh, literature facts. And so these are all the, the actual producers that aren't on the, the show. And you can kind of hear them kind of work out their fun, interesting facts. And all the hosts are really good. They all bring new stuff to the table. And it's one of those fast, quick, easy, great podcasts that are just a joy to listen to. It's uh, really great. And I listen to one, it's like each of them is like half an hour. So it's yeah. a quick very quick. Fun thing. You always learn something. It's fun when you watch QI and you see something that they, maybe that they were talking about on there. Like, oh, I remember when they were talking about that on the podcast. So adds to the, the watching of QI. Brian, where can people find you on the web? On the web, uh, I'm at Brian Fostagram at, at, on Instagram. And I'm Brian underscore Foss on Twitter. And I perform uh, Friday nights at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater uh, in New York City at the Chelsea location uh, with the improv show The Law Firm. It's a real hoot. (laughs) It's great. We've watched him (laughs) many times. It's owl-based humor. It is a real hoot. (laughs) Um, You can find me on the internet on previous episodes of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or on Twitter at VP Murdy, but it's it's terribly boring unless you're into the brain sciences. For me, at ZaraFS on Twitter, and we also just launched a show Twitter, which is at Totes Faves, and a show Instagram, at also at Totes Faves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BB Werner, and my comedy history show, Laughing Historically, at YouTube.com slash Laughing Historically. Now, if you like Toad's Faves, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. 
You can find show notes and past episodes of Totes Faves and Laughing Historically on YetiCore.com. Now, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> they have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. Now I will raise the safety bar, and the ghost will follow you home. <laughs> What? <laughs> what just happened, Brad? What happened? That's, that's the audio from uh, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yetikor.com Legendary Show. <laughs> <laughs>